From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Hey, it's Rachel Cook, your modern mentor. I'm the founder of Lead Above Noise, a firm poised to be your partner in retaining, engaging, and developing talent. And today, I am super excited to bring you this interview with Emily Crookston, who has schooled me, and will do the same for you, on the what, why, and how of using LinkedIn to achieve your professional goals, no matter what they are. Marketer and ghostwriter extraordinaire, Emily believes in the power of LinkedIn to tell your story, to build your brand, and to share a point of view. In this interview, she explains why it's a critical platform for anyone to use professionally, not just job seekers or business owners, and she'll dish on her favorite strategies. You can find Emily at thepocketphd.com to learn more about her work. And now, here's the interview. Emily Crookston, thank you so much for joining me on the Modern Mentor Podcast today. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi, Rachel. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, super excited for this conversation. (laughs) So Emily, you and I met a few weeks ago, I think at this point, we are part of a networking group, I guess you could call it a professional group for women business owners. And you and I had connected and we were talking a little bit about our businesses and you were talking about an expertise that you have in LinkedIn. And I was sort of like, "Mm, I run a business. I know about LinkedIn. I got this. And you were like, well, let me just take a look at your profile and give you some suggestions. And I have never been so lovingly and thoroughly schooled on how much I didn't know and how much I was missing the mark. And it was the most generous and beautiful gift I have been given all year. So thank you for that. And I just said, we have to have you on my show because I think everybody I know is either misusing or underusing LinkedIn and we are going to fix that together. Yes, I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's that makes my heart so warm. I love being <laughs> helpful. Um, yeah. And your your LinkedIn was not the messiest I've ever seen. So <laughs> do, not, do not think okay. that <laughs> you need to worry. Okay. Yeah. So I have just won the not messiest award and I will take that. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so Emily, I have a lot of questions for you and people are going to get so much good stuff about this. But while people get their pens and paper ready, Tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of what you do and how you landed in this realm of knowing everything about LinkedIn. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I used to be a college professor. I used to teach philosophy. So my company is called The Pocket PhD, and that's not just a marketing ploy. I actually have a PhD. 
So when I was ready to leave academia, I gave myself a year to figure out what I would do. And I said, what did I want to do uh, before I wanted to be a philosophy professor? And the answer was, well, I thought marketing was pretty cool when I was 13. And so a friend of a friend was looking for marketing help. I started ghost blogging for her. She has a web development and marketing company and she needed blogs and she had clients who needed blogs. So like a lot of ghost writers and ghost bloggers, I kind of discovered, fell backwards into uh, ghostwriting. <laughs> and eventually I moved away from just doing blogs to doing longer projects, book projects. And the way I found my way to LinkedIn services, which is kind of a new service for me, is uh, I built my business entirely around networking and referrals. So once the pandemic hit, I really panicked um, because I was no longer doing in-person networking, obviously. And so I said, okay, let me move everything on LinkedIn. And I really kind of played around with it and, and discovered, you know, how to use it really well and figured out you know, a way to make it work as a networking platform for me. And that's what I teach my clients now. Amazing. When I was 13, I had no idea what marketing was. I don't even know if it had been invented yet, <laughs> but that is amazing. Yes. Okay. So the first thing that I want to ask you, I know that a lot of my listeners are not business owners and they're not necessarily looking to network. And therefore, I think a lot of people, I certainly know a lot of people who are career professionals. They work in-house for organizations. They are very happy doing so. And I find they don't use LinkedIn or they certainly don't use it in a consistent or strategic way. And so my first question to you, Emily, is who is LinkedIn for? Yeah, that's a really good question. So a lot of people have the impression of LinkedIn as this place where only job seekers and recruiters hang out. But I think that perception is really old <laughs> perception of LinkedIn. And now, you know, especially since the pandemic, a lot of people have started using LinkedIn who weren't using it before, like me. Um, and so you can really find a community of people who are interested in basically doing social media in a business sense, you know, like finding business friends, <laughs> um, building a, an industry community that they can really, you know, tap into when they have questions or when they're when they're looking for jobs, that's still a thing that happens on LinkedIn. But people are really finding that they can build a personal brand through LinkedIn. So even if you're in corporate and really happy with your position and not ever thinking about looking for a job, you can still use LinkedIn as a way to build some rapport within your industry, find people who are like-minded, um, and become really kind of a thought leader within your industry if that's what you want to do. Um, so building that personal brand. Yeah, I, I love that concept of the personal brand. And I think it's really relevant for all of us, whatever our goals, right? Whether we are looking for a job, whether we're hiring, whether we're running a business, whether we're just looking to learn or connect, I think showing up with a point of view and a voice feels really important. And I know for me, you know, the talent marketplace has been all over the place. There've been ups and downs, but in, in recent months at the time of this recording, you know, there have been a fair number of layoffs given the state of the economy in the U.S. And one thing that I'm I'm starting to see is a lot of people are getting up on LinkedIn and saying, hey, network, you know, unfortunately, I've just been laid off and I'm, you know, I'm looking for help in finding a new job. And I click on the profile because I'm like, well, I want to learn more about this person. I want to learn more about, you know, what they've posted and what they've had to say. And I, I click and I'm like, oh, they haven't posted anything in five years. And it feels like a really missed opportunity for me. So... You know, 
I guess, Emily, where if if somebody hasn't really been present or active on LinkedIn and and they're sort of feeling like, okay, maybe maybe 2023 is going to be my year, um, where do they get started? What should they think about? What should they focus on? Yeah, that's such a good point. You know, it, it, you, if you're using LinkedIn regularly, then you're prepared for whatever happens with the market, whatever happens in your industry, whatever happens with the recession. And so it's a good time to start right now, starting to use LinkedIn. And I would say the place to start is first to think about your profile. Um, go there, make sure it's updated. If you haven't, you know, thought about your profile in five years, definitely you'll see things that need to be changed. If you just read your about section, it, it may be talking about things that you cared about five years ago that no longer matter to you. Um, so those things will jump out at you and you can make those changes. But also, you know, one of the, the biggest things I notice about headlines in particular is so many people aren't saying what they do in their headline. You know, they're talking about, they have these lovely little personal taglines that say that they increase brilliance and opportunity, or they, you know, they, they help dis, they're a disruptor and they, you know, they want to change the industry and that kind of a thing, but they don't say how they do any of that stuff. And you really need to connect to some kind of title that I can wrap my mind around. You know, for me, it's easy. It says Emily Crookston Ghostwriter. Um, but, you know, you've got to kind of come up with a title that people can start associating with your name. And it has to be meaningful. So you may have a title within your company that doesn't mean anything to anyone outside of your company. So come up with a title. You know, it's okay to make up titles. This isn't your resume. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, nobody's going to check check in on you. Um, but, you know, you've got to kind of think of, again, this is, goes back to the personal branding. LinkedIn is a place to market yourself as a professional. Um, and so whatever that looks like for you, that's that's the place to start. And then from there, you don't have to focus on, you know, you might be thinking a lot of my clients are saying, you know, oh, I don't know what to post. I have no idea. Um, so you might be in that boat. And it's perfectly fine to just engage on LinkedIn, just to watch what other people are doing, comment on their posts, engage in conversations that are happening there without posting a thing. You can do that as long as you want until you feel comfortable. After a certain point, you'll you'll start seeing where you can add to the conversation and you'll you'll start to feel more comfortable posting your own things. But you can certainly take it slow if, you know, if LinkedIn is newer to you or you haven't been around in a while. You know, it's kind of like dipping your toes into a networking group that you haven't been at for a while. You know, you you just take it slow and you'll find your way. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve. With the help of T-Mobile for Business, our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at... <laughs> 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. 
<laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. I'm just curious. So, and I, I totally have seen the titles. I, I am a disruptor. I'm a change maker. I'm a provocateur. And I'm with you. I'm like, I don't know what that means <laughs> or if I need you or if we are the same. Thinking about internal titles, I'm curious, like how should a, a VP of finance or, you know, a, a data analyst or like, should their titles literally just say VP of finance, data analyst? Is that what you would recommend? Because I, and by the way, I know that there, this is partly about how you show up in your network, but presumably also about other people's searches, right? And how you do or don't come up in searches. And so through that lens, Emily, how should people think about the titles that they put on LinkedIn or the headlines? Yeah, that's a really good question. So the first thing to think about is your goal for LinkedIn. Um, so are you looking to build connections with other people in your industry? Are you looking to build connections with people outside of your industry because you want a, a broader impact or something? Are you looking to do more speak? You look for speaking opportunities, trying to get those. So think about your goal um, for LinkedIn, and then you can kind of adjust your title accordingly. So right, VP of finance is not the best title to use when it comes to what you're talking about, SEO, um, search engine optimization. So LinkedIn is a really powerful search engine. People go there every day when they're looking to hire somebody or when they're looking to find somebody as a consultant, for example. And so they're going to that search box and they're typing in fractional finance or fractional operations person, you know, whatever they're typing in there. Um, so you want to be in the, you know, in the sight lines of those, those searches. Um, so what I recommend is you can actually do some hashtag research. Um, so think about some possible titles you want to use, type them into the search box with a hashtag and click on that in the list that pops up for you. And you can see how many followers are following each of those hashtags. And then you can kind of play with it from there. So what I recommend is change up the title a little bit. You know, you don't want to be super clever. Like this is the point of doing the SEO research, at least with your main titled like the first thing in your headline. It should be a really SEO friendly kind of title. And you can put the other stuff that makes you unique and the innovator disruptor stuff that can still be in there, but don't put it at the beginning. So you do a little hashtag research, change up your headline, and then watch that search appearance number that shows up in your dashboard. And that will tell you, are you hitting in, hitting on the right notes with your audience? You know, are you get getting that SEO right for yourself? Every week, you could change up your headline and see how, the, how it affects those numbers. Um, the other place to look is under your experience on LinkedIn. That's another place where the little robots <laughs> dip around and find keywords. So make sure you've filled out those little descriptions. It's a good tip for humans too, not just robots, because people want to know, what did you do as the VP of finance? Because it's a different in different companies, you know? So, so saying, you know, having a little description of what you did is, is always important. That is super helpful. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I think it can be kind of overwhelming. Like there's so many different places to put content and that's just putting your profile together. And then on top of that, there is how you engage and what you post and what you write and what's an article and what's a photo. And there's just so many options. And I, I really appreciate your point about start with your goals, right? Because I know for a lot of people, it seems like the only things I ever see them post are 
just sort of reposts of their own company's articles or something that sort of signals to their own leadership, hey, I'm a good soldier, but they're not, they're not saying anything. They're not starting a conversation. They're not demonstrating a voice or a point of view. And I, I feel like that's a really missed opportunity for people, even if they're not actively looking for a job. I think, I think there's always an opportunity to be putting yourself out there in a way that makes you kind of memorable and recognizable. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's a, it's totally a missed opportunity because, you know, you never know when someone in your network could help you in some way. You know, it's fine if, you know, you feel like, well, my company just wants me to repost stuff or, you know, whatever. I don't know what to write. I don't know what to talk about. That's an opportunity to figure it out. You know, think about what in your industry you love to talk about when you geek out with other subject matter experts. What do you geek out about? Um, those people are on LinkedIn. You know, it doesn't have to happen just on Zoom or just in person. You can start those conversations on social media. And I think it's super fun. I really like that LinkedIn gives me a chance to kind of separate my personal life from my business life when it comes to social media. And I just I just think it's great to have these conversations. And if you're not having them kind of regularly with other people at your company in your office, then LinkedIn can be an even bigger opportunity. It's a it's a great place to find people who think the same way you do. And maybe you meet them at a conference or you're in the same area and you and you're working for different companies, but you're, you know, doing having the same role or doing the same kinds of work. That could be a great opportunity to meet up and talk shop and, you know, trade ideas back and forth. I mean, maybe you maybe you want to check in on how you're, you know, how you're progressing in your career and you need somebody to give you kind of a sounding board for all of that. There's so many opportunities and it's such a good reason to just talk about what's interesting to you and see who comments, who's paying attention. Yeah, absolutely. I remember in my early days of being on LinkedIn when I was still working full-time for a company, I used it to make connections with people in similar roles at other organizations. And we started our own little informal kind of best practice sharing. Um, and it was so great. It was such an incredible way to just find people doing similar things, but they had to have already been on LinkedIn and they had to have been posting. That was how I managed to find them. So you don't know what opportunities you're missing out on by not kind of being present and having a voice there. What do you think, Emily, about groups? There's like a million different types of groups on LinkedIn. How do you think mm -hmm. about those? Yeah, you know, I have never really had good luck with groups. The ones that I've joined, I've never tried to start one myself. But the ones mm -hmm. that I've joined haven't been all that active. You know, people are not that active on LinkedIn groups. And I think that's still generally true. There may be some groups that are more active. And if you can find one of those, I'm sure it's great because anytime you can kind of narrow down the audience that you're talking to, you have a better chance of starting those conversations and getting around those like-minded people. But so far, you know, I've seen a lot of groups, they have a separate platform for the group interaction. They'll have a Slack channel or they'll have a circles group or mighty networks, you know, that kind of a thing. Cause I just don't think LinkedIn is great with the community side of things yet. So we've talked a little bit about some of the mistakes people make. We've talked about, you know, not kind of maximizing the clarity of their headline. We talked about not being on it in the first place or being active on it. Um, we've talked about missing opportunities to engage or, or build your personal brand. Are there any other mistakes that you see people making on the platform? Yeah, I think probably the biggest mistake I see is people who 
post and ghost. <laughs> um, they, they'll come in, they'll post every day. Some, some people I see post every day, but they never interact. They never comment on anybody else's posts. Um, they never even, you know, if somebody happened to comment on one of their posts, they never even come back and respond to the comments. Um, they're literally just kind of using LinkedIn as a billboard. And the algorithm really doesn't like that. So it's really not worth their time. You know, I, I see it and it'll have like one like, <laughs> you know, or something like that. And, you know, who who knows how many post impressions or views that it's gotten. Um, and it's not very many because LinkedIn really wants you on the platform engaging with people. It's a huge piece of the algorithm, um, more than almost any other social media platform. They really reward you engaging with other people's posts. Um, so what the what my favorite trick that I like to tell people is engage before you post. So if you are posting on LinkedIn, um, you want to be in there engaging, commenting on people's other people's posts before you post your own. It's kind of a give, give, get kind of philosophy, I guess, around LinkedIn. But that can make a big difference in how much people are seeing your own posts, um, because the algorithm takes note that you're a good LinkedIn community user. You're, you're there commenting on other people's stuff before you post your own. So the strategy I use generally is if I have 30 minutes to spend on LinkedIn, I divide that time in half. And I say, okay, I'm going to spend 15 minutes commenting on other people's stuff. And I'll post my post and then I'll spend 15 more minutes commenting and, um, you know, uh, starting conversations with other people. Ooh, that is an awesome tip. I did not know that. And that is really helpful. Is 30 minutes, is that just a number you made up or is that kind of the goal that you try to spend on LinkedIn each day? Yeah, I try to spend 30 minutes in the morning for sure. And then Often I'll go back in the afternoon and spend another 10 or 20 minutes. I like to go back and check, especially to see if other people have commented on my posts. So then I'll reply to that. But yeah, I tell clients to start with 20 minutes a day if they haven't been using LinkedIn regularly. Consistency is the biggest thing. So, you know, even if you only have time to post once a week in the beginning, that's fine. Um, but I always tell people the goal is 20 minutes every day. The goal is to post at least three times a week. And if you can make that happen regularly for a few months, I guarantee you that you'll see improvement in your numbers and the people who are seeing your stuff. The other tip is, you know, make sure you're growing your audience on a regular basis. So you can, you know, say, okay, and I know that this is kind of shooting in the dark in the beginning because you have no idea how quickly you can grow an audience, but you might say, say you're at 1500 um, connections and you want to get to 2000 by say the end of the year or by the end of January, just take that number that you need to get to divided by the number of days, you know, you're roughly that you're spending on LinkedIn per week and, you know, do some math and figure out how many connections you need to be sending every day, every time you're on LinkedIn. And then just make that part of your strategy as well, or part of your plan for using LinkedIn. And you can, as you grow your audience, that will also help with engagement. Any tips on how to send a connection request that is more likely to be accepted or less likely to be accepted? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. So these days, a lot of people aren't even sending notes when they send connection requests. So, you know, I, I will sometimes send a note, but only if I really know the person or I just met them or something. But otherwise, I'm just kind of connecting without sending a note. And most people will accept it. Um, it's those days of you need to know everybody who's on LinkedIn, <laughs> you know, all, all of your connections, you need to know them in person. That's no longer the case. 
um, you know, people have audiences. I saw somebody had an audience of 50,000 connections or something. Um, he, there's no way he knows all those people. Right. Um, and so you don't have to worry so much about, you know, saying the right thing to make someone connect with you. Most of the time people are interested in connecting and wanting to grow their own audiences. Um, so they will do it. But if you are going to send a note, just, I would just say, just be specific. Don't make it sound like a form note. You know, if you're just, you know, cutting and pasting a note, um, the same note that you send to every new connection, people are going to just, that's not going to help, right? You might as well just hit the connect button and, and send it without a note at that point. Um, so, so I'll make it specific, you know, oh, I really enjoyed meeting you. Or I really enjoyed seeing you on that zoom meeting yesterday, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and you'll be amazed at how much even that little kind of thing, or thanks for your, you know, thanking them for a comment they made or thanking them for something, um, can really get a conversation started. Just that little thing. Let's talk a little bit about misconceptions that people have about LinkedIn. And again, I think we've touched on some of them that it's just a recruiting platform. It's just a sales platform. If I work for a company, if I'm happy in my job, I don't need to be doing anything on LinkedIn. Is there anything else that you feel like is is kind of misunderstood about the platform or about how to use it? Um, we've touched on a lot of them. I think the other misconception is that you're not going to get a lot of traction around company pages. And I think that that's becoming less and less true. A lot more people are interacting with company pages these days. And so if you are part of a company that uses their company page and posts content regularly, it is really helpful for that company page for employees to be going to the company page and interacting with those posts that are there. So I guess that's a good tip for leaders, you know, encourage your team to comment on the content your company is sharing on the company page, that can really give it a boost. So that's one thing. I, I'd also say, you know, thinking that, you know, LinkedIn is kind of only for entrepreneurs, or it's only good for creative people, or, you know, people who want to, you know, have those goals of becoming a speaker or something like that. I really think it's, it's for everybody. And to our, you know, we've been harping on this point a bit, but, you know, regardless of your situation, it could change. And having that place where you have a personal brand is is a really good thing. You know, you don't have to have a personal website. You know, LinkedIn is there to act a little bit as your personal website. And I think that can be really useful for people in, in their careers and who are building their careers. So yeah, I would say, you know, there's there are a lot of places where you can go online to be yourself, but there aren't a lot of places where you can go and connect professionally with people and know that that's why everyone is there. And I think that's the best, best part about LinkedIn. Yeah. You know, and to that point, Emily, one of the trends that I'm really paying attention to on LinkedIn these days is, you know, now we're, we're sort of in this season of authenticity and we're trying to be real and we're really focused on diversity and inclusion. And, you know, I'm just finding more and more people are, you know, they're sharing their stories of, you know, I, I used to keep this piece of myself hidden and now I'm putting it out there. Or, hey, this is a picture of me with a sick kid on a Zoom call. And I feel like people are, are really leaning more and more into the, it is still a professional networking platform, but I also feel like LinkedIn is a little bit on the cutting edge of 
whole people being able to bring themselves into a business context. I'm curious if you're seeing the same thing and how you're experiencing it. Yeah, that's a really good point um, as well. There's certainly the camp that thinks, you know, LinkedIn is becoming Facebook. Ah, I hate it. You know, there's selfies everywhere. Ah, um, <laughs> I that's not me. You know, I think the humanity in work is something we should all be celebrating and bringing out and sharing about and talking about much, much more. So I applaud the vulnerability that, that I'm seeing. I think it's great. And, you know, sure, like, you know, I like those posts to also have a business connection, you know, at least, you know, I have a I have a good friend who loves to post about her daughters. Um, but it's, it always has a business lesson attached to it. You know, it's not, it's not just a personal post. And so those are the posts that I appreciate the most because I think I like to be as real as possible. I and my, One of my goals is to show up on LinkedIn the same way I show up in person, on Zoom, in a network, uh, at a networking meeting. And that person is sometimes a little messy. That person is not at all corporate or buttoned up, you know? <laughs> and so to, to feel like I can be myself on the platform is great. I, I don't, post a lot of selfies. I don't know. I've done a few, I suppose, on there. Um, and I don't post an image with every one of my posts. And I've had people ask me, like, shouldn't we all be posting images every time? Because that's what it seems like is happening in my feed, you know? And I think, no, it, you can stand out in a lot of ways. And one way to stand out is to post a text-only post on LinkedIn when everyone else is posting photos. Um, so, you know, thinking in terms of what's comfortable for you and, you know, what, again, going back to your goals, what what serves your goals, um, that's the best way as to use LinkedIn. And I think I pay attention to the algorithm because it's it's part of the process. It's part of the deal when you use LinkedIn, um, but it shouldn't be driving everything. And so figuring out what those goals are, figuring out what metrics you care about to support those goals, um, that's really what should be driving your use of LinkedIn. So let's talk about those goals and metrics a little bit, um, because LinkedIn has a lot of data that mm -hmm. people may or may not know is there or how to find it. But how do you sort of track your own progress and how do you suggest other people do the same? Yeah, that's a great question. So you'll see your little dashboard. It says analytics and there's three numbers there. Those numbers are updated once a week. They update on the day of the week that you joined LinkedIn. So if you joined on a Tuesday, they update on a Tuesday, a little quirky. Um, you don't have to know that, but you do want to be checking those numbers on the same day every week if you really want to track the trends to get accurate numbers. And so I watch two numbers. I watch search appearance numbers and I watch profile views. So the search appearance number is what I was talking about before with the SEO type of research. When someone searches for sales consultant and your profile pops up, that hits that gives you a hit on your search appearance number. And then profile views is just whoever happens to look at your profile. They could have met you in real life and then go to your LinkedIn profile to check you out. They might have found you through your company and then gone to LinkedIn to check you out, you know, that kind of stuff. So I watch those two numbers weekly. I track them weekly. I'd like to see them trending up. If I see that they're not going in the right direction, I might play with my headline um, and see if I can get those numbers to change. The third number in the dashboard there is your post impressions. And 
if you're posting, you'll see that number. The trouble with watching that number is it's an aggregate. So it's post impressions over the whole week. So it's not that useful because it doesn't tell you like, is this post better than this other post? To know that you need to look at the individual post numbers. And it's actually a vanity metric. Post impressions are a vanity metric. They are LinkedIn's way of getting you to come back to the platform, right? It's a dopamine hit. Ooh, this post got 3,000 views. (laughs) That's exciting. I'm going to come back and keep watching that number. But in terms of your goals, it's probably not something that helps that much. I mean, it can tell you a little bit. It can tell you whether your audience is interested in in what you're posting. But post impressions, I think it's three seconds. You know, if someone dwells on your post for three seconds, that's an impression. So you have to consider how much someone could be reading in three seconds, you know, um, and how much, you know, my goal on LinkedIn is to start conversations. So I'm really looking at the comment number on my posts more than the impression number or more than the like number, (laughs) um, the reaction numbers that I'm seeing. Um, So those are some important numbers to watch. The other thing I watch are my connections. Going back to building the audience is very important. And the other thing a lot of people don't know about is it's called the Social Selling Index, SSI. Um, if you Google it, you should be able to find that. But it actually will tell you where you fall relative to other people in your industry. So are you in the top 10% of sales consultants with your content on LinkedIn? Um, So that can be pretty helpful. You could watch your social selling index and get an idea of how well you're doing relative to others in your industry. It'll also show you um, the title of people who are finding you on LinkedIn. Um, So that's kind of an interesting thing to watch um, just to know if you're you know, hitting on the, hitting the right audience and the, the people that you want to be connecting with. Ooh, I feel like we have covered a <laughs> lot of ground today. Yeah, we have covered a lot of ground, Rachel. I feel like <laughs> this has been a really like little masterclass in, in, in how to use LinkedIn. Yeah, you know, I would just say, you know, LinkedIn is a great place to experiment. It doesn't have to be scary. Um, you don't have to worry that you post something and, ooh, you know, you decide a week later, ooh, that was in bad taste or I didn't really mean it or, you know, whatever. I need to take that post down. You know, social media moves so quickly that there's just very little risk like that to posting something. I mean, obviously, you don't want to be offending people and, and all of that. But making the assumption that you're being professional on the platform, you know, you don't have to worry about people calling you out really about about things. And you don't have to worry that you're going to make a mistake and say something um, that's going to sink your career or something like that. You know, it's it's the risk is is low. And I think the opportunities are really great there. Um, so dive in and, you know, give it a shot and and watch those numbers and see what happens. And uh yeah, I think it's a wonderful place to to start those conversations. That was so encouraging. And and I think you're right. I think there isn't so much to fear, but also LinkedIn is a platform that does allow you to edit. Not every social media platform does, but LinkedIn mm-hmm. will let you can edit a post, you can pull something down. So absolute worst case scenario, mm-hmm. you always do have that safety valve. Yeah, that's right. And I think it's interesting, you know, I just, I feel like I need to put this plug in there for all of my my listeners and my friends and my colleagues who are like, all right, but I'm not selling anything and I don't run a business. I don't, I don't really see why I need to be out there. I think it's so important, even if you're just trying to look good with your, in your own organization, 
Showing up as a thought leader, letting your peers and colleagues know, like, what articles are you reading and what's your point of view and what's something that you've learned? You know, even if you don't feel like you have something to sell, I think starting to cultivate that image on LinkedIn is really powerful for, like you said, building your brand, building your networks. It can help set you up for a potential promotion. And, and you know, in this in the uncertainty of this economy, you never know what's going to happen. And so I really urge anybody who doesn't feel like they need LinkedIn to just think about investing a little bit of time and a little bit of thought. And like Emily said, give it a try and see what you see. And if it's not for you, that's okay. At least you know. But I think just rethinking how important it is to be cultivating a personal slash professional brand, I just think it's something we can all benefit from. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Anybody can talk about leadership and, you know, anybody that anyone can benefit from having that kind of discussion and opening that conversation. Absolutely. Emily, this has been so fun and so helpful. Where can people find out more about you? Yeah, my website is thepocketphd.com. And of course, you can find me on LinkedIn. I am Emily Crookston. And yeah, and I uh, I have a little lead magnet, uh, Cliff's Notes uh, around LinkedIn, which touches on a lot of what we talked about. So if anybody is interested in that, maybe we can put it in the show notes. <laughs> Emily, thank you so much for joining me. This has been awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's been fun. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Emily Crookston. Learn more about her and her work at thepocketphd.com. Join me next week for another great episode. Until then, visit my website at leadabovenoise.com if your organization is looking for partnership in retaining, engaging, or developing talent. You can follow Modern Mentor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks so much for listening and have a successful week. Modern Mentor is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Dan Firebend with script editing by Adam Cecil. Our podcast and advertising operations specialist is Morgan Christensen. Our digital operations specialist is Holly Hutchings. Our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. And our intern is Cameron Lacey. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. At Capella University. You'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.